Welcome back to the Character Corner with your host Chris and Deepom here. And uh, guys, yeah, we're here and we're back to do part two of our Captain Marvel uh, Character Corner. You know, our Character Corner where we kind of come in and talk about the history of some of your favorite characters. Um, and uh, we 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 started the first one off. We did a little bit of the history of the Kree and the Scrolls, and then we went into Marvel and then his son uh, Janusvel. Uh, but now we're going all the way back. Well, not even all the way back. We're, we're going to, we're going to ha- handle the two ladies that have handled the, the, the mantle of Captain Marvel. We're doing Monica Rambo and, uh, Carol Danvers. Um, <clears throat> so, um, this is going to be a little weird because we're not, normally we do chronological order when we go through this stuff. For this one, we're not, what we're going to do is we're going to handle Monica first, kind of go through her stuff for the most part chronologically. And then we're going to go back to the beginning, like almost all the way back to like, you know, before Monica and then go through all of Carol Danvers' history, uh, the ups and downs of Carol Danvers. Um, the glorious downs. Yeah. Uh, the ridiculous earth scraping downs. It's, 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 yeah, it, it's, it's a lot. And it's, it's sad because when I go, went back through, there is a lot with Carol that's good. And some writers come in and they just, they just, they really fucked it all up. I, I will say, going through all this stuff, it did make me realize that we had promised it before. At some point, me and you got to sit down and just do like a character corner artist spotlight on Chris Claremont's like X Men run. We, we, Yo, shout out to Chris Claremont, uh, cameo this week's uh, gifted. Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh, son of a bitch! Ain't that something? So uh, we have we have a new we have a new review. Oh, cool. I don't think we've read yet. Okay, throw it in there. Let's knock it out really quick. Just a reminder: you guys leave a five star, you will read it on the air. iTunes. Um, it's from Joe LJ. It said the title is perfect. I like that. I just love the show. The breakdown of the characters is expert level. The enthusiasm is contagious. The hosts are funny and super knowledgeable. Keep up the greatness. Thank you very much for the review. Oh, well, no, thank you very much. And it's so funny, right before we started this, Deep and I were talking about just talking life in general and like doing the podcast. And we, you know, we're doing a lot of good things in our professional lives. And we, and they're all both very, very separate from the podcasting and comic book world. Um, and uh, it's just so funny. We we're talking about like, yeah, but I don't know if I could ever give up podcasting. Like, I think we kind of backed ourselves into the corner where, we're gonna be like ninety years old, still being like, all right, the history of um, <laughs> Beak, you know, we're gonna be all the way I have to go to meeting. Right, right, right. We're gonna be like, I don't know if I could ever not do the character corner because it's it's honestly really really fun. Like we're we're, we're diving into Monica and, and Carol here, and it was actually kind of fun to kind of go back and 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 to kind of put something that we're probably gonna talk about more on the mailbag, but I want to get it here now because. It's it's hidden all the outlets right now about the trolling hitting the uh, Rotten Tomato site with uh, Captain Marvel and, and and men mostly white men uh, going in there and 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 review, review bombing a movie that's not even out yet. They're basically going in and saying they're not interested in seeing the movie because blah 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 and it's SJW blah 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 blah. We'll get more into that bullshit when we do the mailbag, but it's funny to see that bullshit and the whole Comics Gates bullshit. Juxtaposed with when you read Captain Marvel, these, these, these issues, and you go back to 70s Marvels, 80s Marvels, and things like that, and 
you're hearing people today go, well, I'm just tired of having politics in my comics. And, you know, it didn't used to be like this. We just focus on, on, on superheroes. And you're like, when? When? Like, I'm reading these books. And when you read, you know, uh, Mon- uh, uh, the, the origin of Monica Rambeau, who is, the, one, I think, believe the first black woman to be not only an Avenger, but eventually lead the Avengers. Yes. It's. It's full of politics. It's full of gender politics and things like that. Like when you meet her character, she's complaining that all the men in her, she's a, she's a Harbor patrol officer in new Orleans. And she's complaining that the men around her have gotten promoted, but she won't get promoted. It's like, what you, like Carol Danvers was, uh, made uh, editor in chief of, of woman magazine. And she was always dealing with gender equality and things like that. Like, what are you talking about? It's always been there. And so Every time I hear these people say this, they're telling on themselves as either A, being a bigot, Ethan Van Shriver, because I know you know better, and so you're just being a flat-out bigot, or B, they're being a bigot, and they're also revealing themselves to never have been reading any of these comics. They're not true fans. They're not true fans. Or they're the fans that in the 70s wrote in things like, I'm tired of you guys talking about giving women credit. I'm tired of this. You know what you are? You're Hawkeye. I realized just reading this over again, I, we, we brought this up when we did this. Uh, I think Sam Wilson was like our second character corner. We brought it up then. Clint Barton was a bigot. <laughs> like Clint Barton was the angry white dude who would complain about diversity on the Avengers. When you get a new when you get when you get Sam Wilson joining the Avengers, Clint complained. When you get uh um and every time he complained he got shut down by Cap and everybody else. It was the best. Right, right, right. And that, and, and that was a great thing about it. Not only did he complain, but everybody else would tell him like, look at the fuck out of here. Like like when, here, Clint. Right, Clint, what's, what's sharpening arrow bitch. Right. You know, when Monica joins the gets gets invited to be an Avenger in training the the chairwoman of the, uh, the the chairperson of the Avengers is Janet, you know, and and She Hawk is there, and when when Hawkeye's complaining about look and they're bringing all these people these these women and things in here, and and basically She Hawk threatens to like shove them out of, shove them out the window. It's like he like that's what you were you were you guys were the bigot in the story, and, and again going back and just reading these things and, and seeing how people react today. To, to what's current, what you can go out and read. It's so easy to go find these books. It's just one of those things. It's just like, I'm no longer trying to argue with these people online because it's clear to me that you guys are, you're doing it just for the attention and you don't want to be educated because it's so easy to, to see how wrong you are. You know, it just it's is. It's the guys who didn't do the homework who want to talk the loudest. Absolutely. Absolutely. You haven't done the reading. Didn't do the research, didn't do the reading, didn't do the homework. It's right there. Right I'm not there. dealing with you. I'm not dealing with Tip you. Tip of your fingers. Tip of your fingers. All right, so let's get into Monica Rambo. Um, first appearance is Amazing Spider-Man Annual number 16 in October 1982, uh, created by Roger Stern and John Romita Jr. Um, let's before we kind of go dive into uh, more of her, let's let's talk about her powers a little bit. Um, because I think when we talk about and, and I'll mention carol here too because i'll mention monica when we bring up carol again um we're talking about two of the most powerful women in the marvel universe who aren't characters characters who aren't in who aren't the marvel uh, who, who aren't who aren't mutants like even mutants like no true, you're right I, I, these are two of the especially yeah. like top level top end carol and top end monica oh yeah are terrifying 
and you put them together, they're super. Well, like when we when I get back into Carol, when there's a there's a, there's a moment in Kelly Sue DeConnick's uh uh, uh run, where she, where, yeah. right, where she she basically combines the two of them together, and you're like, they're terrifying. Like Monica's power is she can she basically can transform and control pure energy. Any energy on the electromagnetic spectrum, she can turn herself into and manipulate. Do do you? I mean, do you understand what I, I don't? I don't. See, so you don't understand what that means until you start seeing it used in 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 the books. And you like, like uh, when you get later into you know, uh, and more recently, like when and uh, Al Ewan's um, Ultimus run. Um, at one point, Monica even basically said she doesn't even think she's human anymore because she's not. You know, the 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 action that kind of turns her into um, Captain Marvel and gives her these powers basically makes it she's no longer hu- really human because her, her, her power scale is fucking frightening. She's pure energy. She can turn into pure energy. And um, it's, such, it's such an open-ended power set. Oh, <laughs> uh, with it, um, and and so I think it, I think it, I think, but I think it's also important to say that, like you said, two of the most powerful characters ever are two women. You know, um, and so, uh, the uh, like I said, the the best way to kind of read early um, Monica. They sell on Comixology. There is a Captain Marvel Monica Rambeau um, trade paperback, and it basically combines. And let me see if I have all the issues that combines. It combines her first appearance with Amazing Spider-Man Annual Number Sixteen, Avengers Two Twenty Seven and Two Seventy Nine, uh, Marvel Team Up One Forty Two to One Forty Three, Captain Marvel, uh, the Captain Marvel One Shot from Nineteen Eighty Nine that was written by Dwayne McDuffie. The, the, the 1994 one-shot that was also written by Dwayne McDuffie, uh, Avengers Unplugged number five, Solar Avengers number two, and Marvel Fanfare number 42 and 57. Now, we'll kind of go through more of these, but I just wanted to kind of say what, what's all kind of combined in that one thing. And it doesn't hit every appearance of Monica because it's obviously not long enough, um, but it gives you a good core of, if you want to know a quick study on who Monica is, the, the stories that define her, uh, early on, um, that's easy to get. You can get it on uh, uh, Comixology. The other thing here to remember is, I'm going to go ahead and get this out of the way now. <clears throat> we just did a um, Kelly Sue DeConnick, uh Captain Marvel uh, comic book club. Comic book club is back, guys, on premium. Go check that out. Um, there's a there, there's a common misconception that um, Monica had her own series. Never. And she didn't. All right. What you're seeing is people sit there and go, oh, this Captain Marvel movie came out. They should have gotten uh, Monica. They're disrespecting Monica. She will get into this, but she gives up the name. Willingly gives up the name. This, like, Carol didn't take the name from her. She gives up the name in like 92. And then right. becomes Photon. Um, she never has her own series. The, the, the book that you see usually when people say, look, she had her own series. That's used, I think, the 1989 uh, number one. And it says it's number one, but it's only a one-shot written by Dwayne McDuffie. It's just one story. Well, uh, and well it's they- interesting because she never had her own series, yes, but she's Roger Stern's viewpoint character for his five years of Avengers. Well, and I was going to pull that back. So it's like, she never got her... And, and, but, but I wanted to bring that up because I was like, when people bring this up, I don't think they even understand what, what Monica is. Like they're, they're trying to touch on how important of a character she is. 
but because they don't really know they're just going to run into her having her own series. She never had her series. You're right. But like you said, that five years of Avengers, not only does she join the, become an Avengers in training, she gets training, becomes an Avenger. She leads the Avengers. That Avengers number thing I want to say is 279 is when like Cap nominates her to be the chairperson of the Avengers. Roger Stern introduces her in that Spider-Man annual. And then from there on, he starts writing Avengers and he uses her as kind of the kid, uh, Chris Claremont's Kitty Pride. Yeah, absolutely. His 100% viewpoint right. character for X-Men, that's his viewpoint character for Avengers. And watching her, uh, and I don't know if, I, I think I knew it intellectually, but doing the reading for this podcast, it strikes me about how his five-year run, it's a great run, but it's Monica's story. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so when you, when you want to talk about Monica, you're not, don't send people to, I mean, you read those one shots. They're, they're very, very important. And we're going to get into mm-hmm. those, but like even that first one shot, that 1989 one, uh, one shot, that one shot is after she loses her powers that comes from her run. You're getting the end of the story. At that point, she's already lost her powers because of uh, an event that happened when she was with the Avengers. You need to read that entire run to get the full scope of what Monica's story is. And it, it's good stuff. Again, you go from her, basically when she shows up in, um, so Amazing Spider-Man annual number 16 starts off as um, a Peter uh, comes across as this black woman dressed, sees, sees Monica, his spider sense goes off and follows her um and then she uh the uh she she gets attacked by some muggers she turns into her uh, captain marvel and uses her powers and knocks out spider-man by accident and and then she kind of goes into what her story was it's the the classics that they do in the 70s about or 80s of explaining after the fact how these you know how somebody's origin story is and you find out that monica was um uh, daughter of Frank and Maria Rambeau. I bring that up because Maria is actually in the Captain Marvel movie, um, and she's a lieutenant in New Orleans in the New Orleans Har- uh, Harbor Patrol. Now, like I mentioned before, um, she ha- was having some issues with her boss. She's known as being uh, a, a good lieutenant, good at her job, but uh, a little unorthodox. And she was be- that was being used to hold her, uh, hold it against her from being actually given the promotion of captain. Um, her professor Andre Leclerc, as an old war buddy of her grandfather, seeks her out and asks her help to stop this device he had built that draws energy from another dimension. Uh, and the, the um, she goes to helps him. She ends up destroying the machine, but the energies from the machine ends up giving her her powers. And so, after you get that flashback of what her origin is, you then find out what she's trying to do is she doesn't know how to control her powers, and so she's trying to seek help. Uh, to figure out how to do that. She's trying to seek help, uh, I think, first from uh, the Fantastic Four, but they're off-world, so Ben Grimm tells her, well, go, maybe uh, Tony Stark and Iron Man can help you. So she goes to talk to him, accidentally knocked out Iron Man because she travels through the power lines (laughs) to get to the Avengers mansions. Um, In the end, Iron Man's able to help her uh, keep her her injury from exploding. Uh, And uh, the next time you meet her, is in that Avengers 227, where she's meeting the entire team. Janet uh, vouches for her and offers her to be a a train a member a training a training member of the Avenger uh, a member in training, and they help her to try to control her power and understand what her powers are. And like you said, it, it's so funny. You mentioned her basically being the Kitty Pride of uh, of the Avengers in this way, 
And you're absolutely right. I didn't think about that until you said that. That's, that's a perfect way to put it. Yeah, it's, it's so wild because it's, it's basically, welcome to the Avengers. Hope you survive the experience. It's, <laughs> you're like the she's very much a, a pivotal character early on. And everyone's kind of, it, it's, it's, it's our viewpoint. It's, it's letting us tell, it's letting Stern tell us his version of the Avengers, how he sees the Avengers. We see him through her eyes. And the teaching aspect I really enjoyed in the kind of her learning on the job aspect, I really enjoyed the idea that the Avengers weren't just here to be a fighting force. Right. That, and maybe you could point to say, look at the success of the X Men and how they're shifting away from the paradigm of being teachers and students and whatnot. But I just think that it was, particularly using Monica in that way, was really important. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It was very, very important. And you know, it 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 also shows you that you know sometimes you don't just come in just because you know you have to train, and it's not just okay. You're a vendor. You can fit right into the team and know how we work, and everything goes fine no it's she you know she 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 learns now monica's a natural leader because she has law enforcement experience again she was a lieutenant and so she came in where you get a little bit different from the kitty pride thing where kitty pride was just a teenager here you have a grown-ass woman (laughs) who who was already in some kind of leadership uh ability had some leadership ability already who had led men before men and women before who had law enforcement experience so she comes in now. She did, never had the powers, but she has this natural leadership leadership quality. She gets to learn hand to hand combat from Captain America. You know, it's just like <laughs> she's she's actually on her own a badass. Like in that right. in in that, uh, that first appearance, she, before she even uses her powers, she's actually whooping those dudes' asses by herself. Because Monica alone <laughs> is already a badass. All right, she was Very already true. established. It was just this was the next step. She couldn't get that step into um step up and, and her and her job because they weren't um uh because uh, she was a woman and they they, they kind of bring that up that she was a woman now she gets the captain marvel name because uh, uh professor Andre leclerc kept calling her my captain <laughs> and captain Mar- kept calling her that so she took the name because it kind of stuck and ben Grimm's kind of like you know what there's another person named captain marvel she was like, oh, I didn't know. He was like, ah, Marvel would probably have been okay with it. Like, that's how she got the Captain Marvel name. Now, right. we know outside the book, the reason why she had the Captain Marvel name is Marvel needed somebody to keep the Captain Marvel name going because if they didn't, they would lose it, the trademark. And because they're internally petty, which is why Captain Marvel's coming out right before Shazam. Yes, yes. It's just, they're, they're assholes, okay? And look, look, make my Marvel, but they're, they're assholes, all right? We're, gonna, we're, not gonna, we're not gonna not say they're not assholes. All right. Um, but yeah, I, 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 again, it's, it's a, it's a, I'm, I'm, I think that is, so if you were reading the Avengers during this 80 run, I want to say it's like 82 to 89, right? Maybe, maybe 87, 88. Cause I think, cause then the, the, the one shot with her getting her powers back is 89. Um, but like, yeah, if you were reading the Avengers in that time, Absolutely, Monica. Excuse me. What's your Captain Marvel? Because that's all you knew. You know, the other Marvel was dead. You have, you have, uh, you needed somebody else, and they, again, give them credit. They made, you know, a- after what we just said with, about Marvel being basically, you know, the hero everyone aspired to be. You then follow that up with a, being a black woman who was literally pure energy and pure light. Right. Again, not saying they were trying to go that meta, but. 
here we are, right? I wouldn't put it past them because picking Monica Rambeau to go from, to be the viewpoint character for this series is not an unmeasured decision. Right. You're not saying anything to, let's just pick, oh, oh, fine, a black woman. And you do that today, it's fucking controversial. Right. They made Jane Foster a longtime supporting character of Thor. They gave her the hammer, and people lost their fucking minds. If you didn't know that, spoilers, I'm really sorry. Um, it's been like six years now, though. I think I'm fine. Mm-hmm. You should know that. But, but to do it in 82, it's, it's, it's a decision. It's not... I'm not saying that, yeah, maybe they were looking at Dealey, but I'm not willing to discount it either because to even choose to have this be your viewpoint character of the Avengers is a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And, and the other thing, too, that gets me about it is, like, when she's, when, when, when she's, uh, when, when, when Captain America nominates her, just think about it. So you get a really reflective I- issue that, that issue 279 is basically, again, so that's the other thing too about this, like, issue 279 of the Avengers is Captain America, the Captain America, looking at, and, and after, like, I, th- I think at one point, um, Monica actually nominates him, it's like, Monica, the first one, she's like, well, I nominate Captain America, and he was like, I appreciate that, but I have other things going on, I can't do it full time, and he was like, well, that's why I nominate you, and so you have the Captain America Pointing at a black woman saying, no, 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 you should be the new chairwoman of the Avengers. And this is happening, you know, in the 80s. You know, when you think about, again, I'm glad you brought the, the Jane Foster thing. When you think about what, how people reacted to Jane Foster being, being Thor. And here, like, people are going, oh, man, SJW Marvel, you never do that again. It's like, they've always done this. It's always been there. You know? If you complain about SJW Marvel, but at the same time going, man, you know, my Captain Marvel, my Captain Marvel was Monica. It's like, all her books were quote-unquote SJW. Right. You know? That's people just want to use a weapon. They're trying to weaponize people. It's not about the argument or about the facts. It's about what can I use to tell a lie that will bolster what I think my argument actually is. When usually it's just your argument is actually, I just don't want them in this space. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so she goes in here and she has to, because another thing too that, they, that, that I liked about what they did with, with Monica, and, and again, it goes back to what you were saying about, I, I'm, I'm still tripping off the, the, this whole, you know, Kitty Pride thing. The one thing <laughs> that, that, well, the one thing that also stands out to me about this, this time is with, with using her is, just like Kitty, you have her parents. Right. So, so you also at times get to, get, get to, to compare also what she's doing with her parents so when when captain marvel when captain america nominates her she goes back home and talks to her parents about it and it's like well, it's, it turns into a really reflective um a really reflective issue of her kind of you know getting you know uh, uh opinions from her parents well this is one of my favorite things about this run is that yes it's an avengers run and yes they're avengers stories but unlike a lot of the avengers she didn't have a home book. Mm-hmm. So you got a lot of her character development in the Avengers, the same way with John and over JLA for so long. You get your best Manhunter stories in one-offs or single shots in the JLA book. Here, because everyone else is growing elsewhere, you have the space to say, okay, let's put that spotlight on Monica. Let's put the spotlight on her parents. 
Right. A curly-haired black woman, by the way, which is going to come up when we talk about Mighty Avengers and what Greg Land's art does to her. But, um... Uh, <laughs> so at one point her father she's on her she's sitting again she's having this conversation with her parents her father says you'll be great even Captain America thinks so Captain America Dan you can't you can't turn down an endorsement like that I don't know daddy the chance to lead is something I've dreamed of ever since I was and went to law enforcement but I, I never expected an opportunity like this so soon but you've always been a quick study Monica her mother says yes but it feels like such a rookie or I feel like such a rookie next to the other Avengers do you realize how old Thor must be <laughs> uh, age ain't nothing to do with it I was one of the youngest firefighters ever to make lieutenant. Something else to consider, Daddy. I've been planning on starting my own business. But if I become Avengers chairwoman, I wouldn't have time for that. Monica, you can go into business any time. You know? And it's just, it just, it, it's just funny. To, like, you're having this a real conversation. It's a real about- conversation. Like, you and I were talking before recording about, like, real life shit. Like, sometimes, like, you have opportunities that appear before you. Like, man, I never thought this would come. But now that it's here, it also means sacrificing some other plans I had set up for myself. Yeah, she goes and talks to like she she ends up going to the uh, prison ward of uh, the New Jersey Hospital. She talks to Moonstone. She then goes to uh, uh, the the New Hope Memorial Hospital to talk to Hercules. Well, not even talk to Hercules. Hercules is actually kind of in a coma right now. But she's having these reflective moments going around and talking to this. She goes back and thinks about like her origin story about how she got her powers and and arguing with her um, her former boss. And all these things going on, like you said, it's just it's just so reflective of everything going on. Uh, and then it kind of ends with her coming in and, and saving, helping Captain America to save uh, save some kids in a, in a mine. And she says that she accepts the nomination. And so here we go, and we we get uh, from I think two eighty to two ninety three. You get Monica Rambeau being the chairwoman of the Avengers. Which again, I just. I can't say it enough how, and again, she's replacing another woman. <laughs> yeah, she's replacing Janet. She's replacing Janet. So again, this is, again, these SJW comics have always existed, you fucking asshole. Um, so uh, let's talk about what happened. Uh, is there any, any particular thing you want to hit on before we get to uh, what happened in, I think it was 293 with her losing her powers? No, let's get to it. All right, cool. So basically, um, and it's something that gets brought up in the Kelly Sue DeConnick issues later, way later on the line because Marvel never lets anything go. Uh, so the uh, Namor's, uh, the submariner's wife gets turned into a giant monster, I think called Leviathan. And, uh, and it doesn't seem like much of the time when you're reading the issues, it doesn't seem like a big deal. Um, but Monica uses her powers against the creature and she kind of like overdoes it and like disperses her energies across the water because they're fighting over water. And it basically um, like turns her into like an old frail woman and she has no superpowers. Um, and so that's basically going to be the end of her leading the Avengers. Cause she's basically kind of like, she, she, she's kind of done. She's almost, it's not, it, it, yeah, it's kind of over and, 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 and almost dead with, right? Um, and so, uh, that's her, her, her end as, um, but again, it's, it's still her leading the team and trying to save another member of the team that's been transformed into something else. Uh, and, uh, she kind of, she goes out a hero. Like she, this right. is, you talk about the, the gamble and the, the sacrifice heroes are willing to make. She is pure a, and that's one thing's reading this. They keep Monica pure grade a hero the whole way throughout. And, and she's loved by her 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 fellow teammates. Like, oh, everybody loves Monica. Yeah, everybody loves Monica. All right, so 
Um, and so that kind of get brings us into uh, the the first Dwayne McDuffie story that I think takes place in '89. Uh, so this is basically um, a story where Monica gets her powers back, or at least a, a form of her power. It starts with mechanical energy, and it's a nice little story because she's back to uh, she's she's now again back in New Orleans. She's working on um, she she becomes a uh, a ship captain, uh, and it's it's um, she's kind of, I guess, I don't want to say starting the business that her father said she is, but she's kind of gotten back into the swing of things, uh, but things take a left turn, and her powers come back, and she ends up having to kind of, um, it's, it's actually kind of a brutal story, because like her, her, um, her crew gets slaughtered. Yeah. Which I, I, I wasn't prepared for. <laughs> I don't know what it is about me in reading older comics. I'm not prepared for them to be, because I guess it's not graphic, so, like, at one it's point... sort of matter-of-factly. Oh, look, that entire room of children was been murdered. Right. So, so at one point, I think she's, like, she's, she's like, um, she's in the weight room. She's lifting, and one of her old, uh, old uh, guy who worked with her in the Harbor Patrol comes in. They're talking. He's like, yo, I'm really glad I'm working with you again, Monica. It's so great to see you. And you're like, oh, man, this is great, you know? It's like, Monica's always loved, right? The people that work with her even love her, right? And dude gets shot in the back, and I'm just like, so that was a stun gun, right? That was a stun gun because you're just not gonna kill this guy. Oh no, he's dead. Oh, very dead. Oh, he's dead. And you find out the rest of the crew is slaughtered too. And I'm like, so, so we just, I don't know. I, I think it's even worse when the artwork isn't graphic because <laughs> it's right. almost so not because your mind has to fill in the blanks. Right. I'm just like, wait, all those people just wait. Did you just kill all those people? Did we? Oh, oh, oh. oh. Hmm. Okay, we're we're doing that. All right. Cool. We're doing that. All right. We're, we're back. So, um, so she's, she's back physically. She has, uh, a, a, she has a new power to, uh, manipulate mechanical energies. And I think the way they explain it, cause I think she goes to, um, read, uh, read Richard to kind of, Hey, Hey, what's going on with my powers? Kind of say that she can also, and I, I think this comes up again in the ultimate, she's actually kind of tapping into an other dimension with, with her energy powers. And so the first one that comes back is this mechanical energy, because eventually she gets all her powers back. But it starts with her basically being able to manipulate mechanical energies for various things. So she takes on, you know, this 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 uh, Christina Ramos Moonstone Patrick Patrick Egg, and that's what it is there. Um, and uh, she um, she goes back to being a reserve member of the Avengers. Uh, occasionally, again, she's natural leader, so every now and then when they need a, a, a you know a leader in in absence, she becomes a leader there. Um, and I love the concept of Reserve Avengers. You, Just right. like our bench is strong. Well, there, oh, I'm trying to see what was it. It was um, I'm trying to think what it was. No, that was that was Carol. Because I remember there's one time there's something like it, like you said, it, the bench of the Avengers is so strong because almost anybody can be an Avenger <laughs> at some point. Like yeah. at, at some point, you're like, yeah, has half the Marvel universe been an Avenger? Like. It's like that. It's like that issue of uh, Dan Slott's Fantastic Four, where uh, they're like, "Oh, we want us to call. We can call in our. We can call in the Fantastic Four, our family. All right, cool." And they call in every person that's ever been a Fantastic Four, including Bobby and he right. and uh, Johnny in an argument. Right. Wait. What do you mean? It. Yeah. What? Why is he here? He's been a member. That one time he counted. It does not count. <laughs> right. It's an, and it's something they haven't even shown us yet. Don Slott's like, "Yeah, it's coming like issue 18. Right. 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 It's just like. What are you, what are we, what are we talking about? This is, this is amazing. 
but yeah, it's like it's it's there. So you you get these stories of um of her uh kind of still with the Avengers. The um I guess the next biggest one is the the Captain Marvel the nineteen ninety four Captain Marvel, uh, which also written by Dwayne McDuffie, and this is back to Monica having full strength all of her powers. And I love this story because it's another kind of grounded story. She takes on the sons of uh, the sons of the serpent, which let's be honest, it's just a hate group. They're they're the stand in whites. They're the KKK with with facts. Sure, they're the K- KKK with, with, with. So it, again, nineteen nineteen ninety four, a Captain Marvel one shot, uh, written by Dwayne McDuffie, a black man, and it it this one totally delves into the idea of racism. And you basically have the Sons of Serpent have inter- stop me if you've heard this before. Have are 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 campaigning against and marching on uh, college campuses with glowing sticks that might look like tiki torches, basically saying things like "This is our this is our land." You know, we'll give our, our blood. Like it's almost blood and soil. You will not replace us. You will not replace us. It's almost that. We're in 1994. So weird. So these weird. These new comments with their politics. Right. So so weird. Um and and uh Monica's there to kind of help uh take them down. And it's and it's a nice little it's a nice little one shot story of that that interjects like racial tensions, religious tensions, you know, hate, and Monica taking it right there in the middle, helping these students um, you know, you know, face down face down hate and and, and and, and protest it. So it's again. I really do like those two little. I feel like those two two one shots that Dwayne McDuffie did do a really good jobs of spotlighting uh, Monica at that moment in her in her career. Uh, one is her kind of getting back on her feet and getting her powers back, and the other one is her back to having her powers, but even having time to kind of face down some symbol. She's she's basically confronted by I think uh, uh, one of the a member of the FBI saying, "Hey, listen." I need your help on this. She's like, why should I help the FBI? She's like, cause it's my kid. She's like, I want you to go undercover. It's like, you know, it's, it's my son. He's leading, um, you know, the resist. He's basically leading this, this diverse, uh, group to, to, to shut down hate on the camp- college campus. And I'm worried for his safety. I could really use you there to kind of keep your eye on him. And she does. Cause again, that's what Monica does. Um, and, um, yeah, so you you get Monica showing up in a lot of different stories here. I think Avengers Unplugged number five is when she uh, comes face to face with um, uh, Captain Marvel's son uh, Jamesville. Yeah, um, and it it she's been she's been uh, in fact she came face to face. She actually attacks him because she's uh, been uh, been uh, being controlled by the controller. Uh, right. And at the end of it, that's when you see that she basically says, "Hey, no, you're you're Marvel's son." You can go ahead and use the name because they're, they're both using the name at this point. She says, I didn't know. He didn't. You didn't know. You keep the name. I'm going to start calling myself Photon. So, but at the end, no, he tries to give her the name. He's like, Look, you're more worthy than I am. Yeah, she, he does. Because we kind of covered this last time. Like, remember, James was always trying to live up to his father's name. And it drove him fucking crazy. And it, and it did drive him fucking crazy. It got him fucking nuts. Kind of did kind of destroy the universe. So, I mean, it did kind of happen. So, but the end, she takes on the name Photon because. Actually, Photon is actually, you know, closer to... Uh, it's more descriptive than Captain Marvel. Yes, it is. Um, and she's been called Photon, Pulsar. I think there's another one, Daystar. And then it, now she goes by Spectrum. And there's also just been her going by Monica. Um, 
Let me see here. Another. I'm trying to see some of the stuff before we get some of the newer stuff here. Um, again, uh, there's some stuff with the, the Thunderbolts because, again, a, a Captain uh, Genesis turns his name to Par- Pulsar, which he's already. Uh, no, changed her name to Photon. He changed her name to Photon, which he's already using. That one's kind of weird because then she changes to Pulsar. Whatever. Um, I think the, 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 the newer stuff. Because again, you can you can find uh, Monica and some of the other stuff, but some of the newer stuff you have uh, Warren Ellis's Next Wave Agents of Hate. Which... Love, just read Next Wave. Everyone read Next Wave. I don't know how much of it's canon. I really don't. I think some of it is because Boom Boom's wearing the jacket now, and I think Monica's mentioned Next Wave in in like other comics. But just read it. It's amazing. Yeah, I, it, it is canon. Um. Also, because I was ish, canon ish. Uh, I think I was reading uh, Brian Reed's. Uh, yeah, I was going through Brian Reed's uh, Miss Marvel run, and Machine Man shows up, and at one point he has, he gets, he, his body gets destroyed, so he lose a life model decoy, and nobody asks this, but somehow there was a Monica life model decoy, and so he puts his head on the Monica body in her old in her old photon uniform, Captain Marvel uniform, and. I am just dying. Like the, his yeah, interaction. By the way, um, he's in the new slot uh, Iron Man. Oh really? Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. Yo, no, I know. I did. Yes, you're because okay. he's um, isn't he like he's like dating uh, what's your name? Jacob. Jacob. Yeah, and he gets really, really jealous. Oh yeah, it's great. It's really good. It's great. He's everyone like, should need, everyone should read Next Wave. If you can't tell from the sound of voices, you should just read. We, Next we, wave. we did a, we did a comic book club on that on, on Next Wave. Read Next uh, Read Next Wave. It's amazing. It's great. She just goes by Monica in there. Um, and, and that entire that entire run is just... It's, Warren Ellis is a crazy person. We say this about a lot of people, but he's actually fucking nuts. He's, crazy t- ones. he's like, he's on that, uh, that, that uh, Grant Morrison list. Alan Moore yeah, list. Absolutely. Actually crazy people. Yeah, actually crazy. But Next Wave Agent of Hate is great. Um, she's in Mighty Avengers, and here's the thing. I don't hate, I didn't hate Mighty Avengers when it came out, the Mighty Avengers run. I did not reread the Mighty Avengers run because of this. Um, years ago, I think when we started the comic book club stuff. And I'm doing this now because I want other people to notice so that I can go, you can go through the same thing, agony I went through, the same thing that Deepom did for me. Once somebody points out how terrible Greg Land's art <laughs> is and how much he traces stuff, it ruins everything that he does for you. And what gets me about it is because <clears throat> Monica is unrecognizable in Mighty Avengers. If you see Mighty Avengers and you see that it's actually supposed to be Monica, as I think maybe she's at that point, she's Pulsar. Um, uh, she's Photon. Actually, she's Photon then. And then she, I think she might then become spec. I don't know, whatever. You can't notice. She has straight hair. That's not, that's not Monica. What, 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 who is this? Are you ready to Spectrum? Sorry, she's Spectrum. She's Spectrum point. at that point? Yeah. Uh, I think she actually changed her name. That's the first time she becomes Spectrum in there. And- yeah, that's when everyone, because it opens up with the scene of the face that's not her face, and the cops telling how much they like her new name. Yeah, and it's just like, but that's not, my, it looks nothing like any other rendition of Monica you've ever fucking seen. Don't let Greg Land touch characters you love. And, and so that ruined it for me, but if you can get by that, then you can, re- it, again, it's, I don't hate 
when you read the words, <laughs> I don't hate it. It's actually good. I actually enjoy it. It's the Mighty Avengers team that's led by, at that time, I think it's Luke Cage at some point. Um, so I really did enjoy it, but again, I can't go back to it because of Greg Land. Um, she's also featured prominently in the Al Ewing's uh, Ultimate runs. Yeah, was one oh, two, what a great run for her. Which is, is great for her. Her and um, Blue Marvel start dating. Um, but it's like, this is where you really start also getting the idea that Monica might not be human anymore. And that she's in like, like her natural form, like that her human form, the black one, the human form that we see is no longer her natural form. That her natural it's form. It's Like you've got to think about like, if you've got to make a fist, it's like a conscious decision. She has to make a fist to be human. Right. Her, her natural. hands relax, she's not human. Yeah. Her natural form is pure energy and it's beautiful. Like it's like she, we well, don't talk- I think it's really interesting because we've gotten such sporadic Monica appearances over the years is that you, like we've talked about before, when you've got fewer data points, it's easier to draw the straight line for the character. Mm-hmm. And particularly the Monica that shows up in, in ultimates feels like the natural progression of this woman who's been an Avenger who saved the universe multiple times. She just, it was involved in secret wars. And now she's in a place where she's the ultimates is literally wondering about and concerned with the higher questions of reality. Mm-hmm. It feels like she graduated and she's working with uh, Rashir, got Blue Marvel, and working with T'Challa and Captain Marvel, who is now Carol Danvers, we'll talk about in a second. But it feels like she's in the right place for her. Yeah. I mean, her with, with America, too, because America is also yeah, like, yeah. we don't talk about no, that. Just um, you have America. It's a lot of power on that. <laughs> you, you have America. Carol Danvers and Monica alone, the power scale on that alone is absurd. Okay? It's just ridiculous. Um, and um, she's also been in Coach's Black Panther. Uh, uh, what, what do they call it? They were the, the crew a little bit. She, crew? Yeah, she was working with the, the crew uh, in, in, in uh, Coach's Black Panther. So, um, And like I said, Monica's, Monica's a consistent character. She pops up. She's, she's loved by most. <laughs> um, and... Uh, Extremely powerful, extremely powerful. Um, anything else you want to say about Monica before we move on to uh, the Miss Danvers? Talk about Miss Danvers, man. Let's get to the life and times of one Miss Carol Danvers, whose origin has changed a couple thousand times. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a funny thing the way that Marvel changes origins but still keeps the same data points. It's like you're, I I actually like it because it's it's like you're you you have. You, you have the first telling of how somebody got their origin. Then you have the second telling, which is basically the same telling with added details. And you keep getting more information. And by doing that, you can add all these layers into somebody's origin without having to completely reboot them. You can, you can almost take them down a whole other path, which is what they do with Carol Danvers. Because you remember, we're going all the way now back before, Mar- before Monica, back to Marvel superheroes number 13, which happened in the thing was, what, 68? Um, and this is, uh, uh, this first appearance of Carol Danvers. She was the security officer of the Cape cover all this last episode issue. Now, I believe in the issue 13, I think 13, you can check on our, our last one, uh, the last character corner we did on Captain, on, on Marvel to find out the exact issue. But, uh, she was being used by a pawn by Jan Rog, the, 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 the colonel in the Cree, Cree military who was superior to Captain Marvel. Uh, and and Marvel saved Carol, 
uh, and they believe that uh, this machine, the psychic magnetron, and this was a Cree miracle device that kind of answers your desire, uh, any desire you have. And unbeknownst to us at the time, her desire was to have the power of Captain Marvel, and she drew power from his Nega bands, and she got her powers as Miss Marvel. Now we don't what know. Did you say? Go ahead. Sorry. I was gonna say we don't know any of that shit while you're reading Captain Marvel. Like right. none of that. She doesn't display any of the powers. None of that happens. We don't learn any of this shit until you get the Miss Marvel solo series in 1977. So what's interesting? Something I had someone talk. Someone was offline about how they didn't enjoy Marvel's like emerging origins of that like DC, where it kind of had to restart from scratch. And I said, "Well, tell me about your childhood." And they gave me some brushes here. I said, cool. So if we had a couple more beers and asked you again, you'd tell me different. You may focus on the story or two. And if I was a therapist, you might remember things that you've either buried or whatnot. The point is that the past is always kind of what we remember to be. Mm-hmm. And I like that, excuse me, the new Life of Captain Marvel series adds more wrinkles to her backstory even more. Yeah. But- I like to think that you're adding these things. You're adding to this tapestry. You're not saying that didn't happen. That doesn't count. They're saying, oh, that happened. But here's what was happening behind that. Yeah. From your perspective, you see one thing. Because, again, when we, in, the, in those early issues, we're not seeing it from the position of the perspective of Carol. We're seeing it from the, posi- the, the perspective of Marvell. Him going to save Carol, who's been captured by his, one of his, his, his Cree enemies, and that's it. That's the story, right? We don't know. After that, I mean, Carol still comes around every now and then, but we don't know. We don't, we're not following Carol because she's not the focus of the story. She's largely off the board until her series launches. Exactly. Which is nine years later. Exactly. So then you get in here. Uh, Jerry Conway does the first issue, and then <laughs> Chris Claremont takes over. Oh, like, round Issue three. Um, so the 1977 issue uh, is, is the first indication that she actually got these powers. And when they first start off, here's the other thing that how they kind of explain the, the if you ever saw Carol before then is Carol has no idea that she's Miss Marvel. It's like a split personality thing where she doesn't understand. She changes into Miss Marvel, does her thing, and then she just thinks she she, she has missing time. She thinks she's basically she, she's basically been abducted by aliens, you know? She wakes up and she's like, Wow, six hours of time. How'd I end up here? How did I end up in my bed? Where she has no idea. She has to go to a therapist to find out. And then one day she changes into Miss Marvel in the middle of a therapy session, right? So it's 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 a way of how you build these characters and you build on the on the story. It's like it makes sense that at the time we wouldn't have known because we're at those times. You go back to those Captain Marvel stories. We're not following Carol. You know, she's no longer in uh in uh working for the security for the Cape. She's now. Changed her career. She's now, uh, I think she's in New York now. And she's working. Uh, Jay Jonah eventually makes her editor in chief of the uh, Woman Magazine. Yeah, it's the magazine now, right? And and so what you get with early Miss Marvel is you basically get Marvel's feminist icon. Right, right. She basically becomes Marvel's kind of Wonder Woman in a way. Well, this is how Wonder Woman's doing the mod stuff. You got to remember, this is the exact same time Wonder Woman's shying away from superheroics. Oh, you're right. You're right. And Marvel's like, fuck that. Dive in. Yeah. And so they, 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 they make Carol Miss Marvel and it, it, it takes off. Like, she. Like, you got to remember that now Miss Marvel sounds like an antiquated name. In the 70s, the title Miss was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Making it Miss, MS. 
was a huge thing. It was a, it was a feminist like, statement to be missed something. Right. Like, it, it, was a, it, it was very, very big at the time. And it was a very socially progressive uh, a book. She, she, she's going to be. She was fighting for pay equality. <laughs> like, that's what she did. Like, like, when she wasn't saving the world as Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, excuse me, she was her, her day job literally, she was involved fighting for pay equality. Keep them, in 1977, I think, 79. Keep that feminism out of my books. I guess. <laughs> and then, so, just to show you that the, the company's fully behind it, she was also appearing in The Avengers. She's appearing in uh, Defenders. She had guest spots in Spider-Man. This is a character who was largely not just, oh, this is something we're doing kind of as a nod to feminism. It was, now nah, we're going kind of the fuck all in with this. Yeah. Her solo series ran from uh, 77 to 79, went 23 issues. But like you said, she was also in all the other books. It's like, you know, this is the other thing too. If a, if a book gets canceled or does its run, these characters don't go away. Marvel, especially if they're behind the characters, they keep going. They keep in there. She stays in, like you said, in with the Avengers. becomes an Avenger. Um, and um, yeah, it's we're kind of setting this up for <laughs> what they end up doing to her character later because again, it's very, very important to understand that at that time, Miss Marvel and Carol Danvers was a big thing. Um, let's go through. Let's go through the first power set, I guess. Okay. Her, um, yeah, it's, it's the easiest because they do change. Carol's powers <laughs> change and evolve and grow. Oh, do they? Um, so initially, as Miss Marvel, she just starts off as superhuman. Basically, the same thing as the original Marvel, right? She had the superhuman strength, endurance, stamina, and overall durability of the Kree phys- physiology. She also has, uh, uh, I believe she also has photon beams at this time. Believe, just like him. Yeah. And then there's this thing, I, I call, they call it the, the sixth sense awareness. I call it watered down cosmic awareness. Doesn't make you crazy version. Right. It's just, like, and I think that's why it's watered down. Because it's basically her getting glimpses of the future, but like in dreams. And they don't always come out the way that, it, it, it's, it's a very, and, and it's, I don't know. It's it's a very hard thing to explain. Like I actually had to go because I've seen it in comics, them use it, but I, I try to go and find a good explanation for it, and there are none. There aren't any good explanations for it. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it's basically like sometimes she gets dreams that she thinks are very vivid dreams, and they end up somehow being related to what actually ends up happening in real life. I love that you're like doing all this power stuff to avoid talking about what's next. <sighs> All right, let's jump into it. Let's do it. Actually, I have a blog post to read from. Oh, the blog post, and I'm, we have not talked about this, but I'm guessing it's titled The Rape of Ms. Marvel? Yeah, thank God, yes. By Carol Strickland? Yes. Okay. All right, so, so I'll, 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 I'll umbrella this. I'll, I'll tell you kind of the broad strokes, and then we'll get into it. All right, thank Avengers 200, October 1980. I swear to God, this happened. Carol's kidnapped by a character named Marcus, who's the son of Immortus, also known as Kang. Hold on tight, he gets stupider. <laughs> She's taken by Marcus to an alternate dimension. She is brainwashed, seduced, impregnated, and then gives birth on our, back in our dimension to another version of Marcus. 
who then is driven out of our dimension because Hawkeye destroys the device and they let this new Marcus take Carol away back to the alternate dimension with no fight from the Avengers or alleged friend. Now, if you think the words hypnotized, brainwashed, and seduced sound like rape, you're not alone, Chris, if you would. So, uh, Carol, uh, Carol A. Strickland wrote this uh, on her, carolastrickland.com, The Rape of Miss Marvel. Um, and it um, says, in that issue, an all-male Marvel staff presided by uh, Jim Shooter and watched by the comics code slaughtered Marvel's, Marvel's symbol of mar- modern woman, uh, Miss Marvel. They presented her as a victim of rape who enjoyed the process and even wound up swooning over a rapist and joining him on uh, joining her him of her free will. So this storyline might have fit in the 1950s when people actually believed such a thing was possible. I mean, they thought that women invited, uh, invited and enjoyed rape back then. But to present such a storyline today shows a collection a collection of mar- medieval minds at work at a vicious play for a storyline to pass through the echelons of editor, editor in chief, and comics code. Because we can remember, I, I, we do a good job of, um, I don't know, we've done a good job of synergy the, 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 for these last few issues. Go back and remember. A little accidental synergy. We can pretend like it's on purpose, but it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. It just so happens. <laughs> it's, it's accidental synergy. But go back and listen to what we talked about with the Comic Code Authority, all the things that they wouldn't allow. They allow this to happen, though. All right? Uh, it can only be a crime. For those not familiar with Miss Marvel or familiar with her from her un- unsatisfying stint with the Avengers, let me say who she is relative to the circumstances of the character. Um, let me see if I, I don't want to go through there. Uh, trying to see. She had a. Um, see. She pulls a quote. There's a quote from Marcus about the brainwashing. Finally, after relative weeks of such efforts, admittedly with a subtle boost from Mortis's machines, you became mine. This is like, like they took what was in the 70s, their symbol for alignment with feminism and allyship with the movement, and raped her. So, the other thing that, too, beyond just that, the other thing that's infuriating is that the way that the other Avengers are written to handle yeah. this. Um, like Janet, and then I think it's Janet, uh, is like, oh, we have you picked baby names out for the baby? Like when she's pregnant? Because again, again, remember, she gets, she gets pregnant. This all happens in issue 200. So it just happens in one issue. She gets pregnant and gives birth in one issue. No one knows yep. how she got pregnant. She just shows up pregnant. Nobody is like confused about, huh, that's weird. You don't, you're not dating anyone. You didn't remember having sex with anybody. You're all of a sudden pregnant. Every, and instead, everybody's like, oh, wow, you know, uh, you, uh, what baby did you get? When she gives birth and doesn't want to see the child, they chastise her for not wanting to go see the child. It's really ugly. It is disgusting. It is ridiculous. Like, um, it's a reason I was like, do we have to do Captain Marvel? Because I just didn't want to talk about this part. Uh, once you think that other uh, who have heard the story and see Miss Marvel's sudden reversal of an attitude towards Marcus would stop her from going, knock some sense into her or anything, but look at this carefully chosen audience. Hawkeye, Marvel's answer to the Neanderthal Green, green Arrow. Uh, a psychological uh, sicky catches last act with Deathbird. He probably gets a kick out of Miss Marvel's getting her due. Iron Man, aka Playboy Tony Stark, keep with the public in- image. Tony chooses to avoid the implication of this event. And Thor, if anyone can match Jim Shooter's medieval thinking, it is he. The story ends with Miss Marvel and Marcus teleporting to a semi-limbo. Iron Man begins to have second thoughts. 
We've just got to believe that there that that everything worked out for the best, and he temper uh, he temporizes. He isn't convinced, but he won't make any uh, he won't make a scene. You know, it's 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 ridiculous. It's absolutely disgusting. Um, and everybody involved should be ashamed. So. Now, and yeah, go ahead. No, because I think. You've said, touched on it. It's disgusting. It's horrible. It never should have gotten done. And I think we're going to talk about next because it's the character. This is the reason why people are like, oh, why do you guys like certain creators? Certain creators don't just get mad about things. They do what they can to fix them. And this is where Chris Claremont once again earns his uh, salutes from us on the show. Chris Claremont fixed, because you got to remember also, Claire Claremont wrote this character. He didn't create Carol. Uh, and he didn't, he wasn't, the, he didn't start that Miss Marvel run, but he wrote her the most, he wrote almost all those issues of that solo run. So when we talk mm. about Miss Marvel being a, a feminist icon, um, Cliff Claremont wrote that. He's the one that wrote that. So Cliff Claremont himself was not happy with what was done to Carol, to say, in this, to say the least. And so my thing is because I never read this. Honestly, I never did. I, I, going through this recently, really? no, I never did. I, so this is where I first find this out. So I owned Avengers Annual Number Ten. Which is because it was, it was the first appearance of Rogue, and that's why I bought it when I was a kid. Because I, it's like I always wanted to get first appearances, and the first appearance of Rogue was the easiest one to get. And it was Avengers number ten. I was like, oh, okay, cool, get it, right? So uh, 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 most of us, you already know that Rogue got her powers from Miss Marvel because she attacked Miss Marvel, takes Miss Marvel's powers and some of her memories, and leaves Miss Marvel in a coma, right? Um, and if you've never actually read Avengers Annual ten you would think that it's actually kind of carrying on the disrespect of Carol, but it's not. It's actually Chris Claremont fixing and coming to Carol's rescue because to me, it matches a moment. I can't remember, I can't remember if it was a Batman issue or if it was a Batgirl issue, that issue where um, uh, 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 Barbara reads Bruce for filth. It's, a, it's Detective Comics. Detective Comics. That's what happens with, after, um, so, so, uh, well, I think more than more than saving Carol, particularly in the in the annual, he was grabbing her. He was saying, "She's mine now." No, no. Cause, uh, so that that's what happens afterwards. Because at, what happens what happens after this is we're going to get into what happens in, in Avengers. She wakes up and gets ripped on the Avengers. But in that moment, that was editorially. Claremont says, "Oh, I'm writing Avengers annual. Cool. This is me moving Carol to the X office." Right. She now she she what you're going to get from this one is Carol then become basically becomes an honorary X Men and stays in the X Men X Men. Care because he, uh, Claremont's basically like you all can't can't have nice things. You guys can't behave Ginger, correctly. Yeah. So I'm taking Carol Danvers from you guys, and she's now she's now me. She's now with me now. You guys can't have. Um. So what happens in Avengers Annual is if you haven't haven't read this, um, Spider Woman Jessica uh saves this woman. You end up finding out that it's actually Carol Danvers. Somehow she's kind of come back from this this place the, the limbo area with with Marcus. She she gets saved. Um, and, uh, but she has no memories. And so they take her to Professor Xavier over with the X-Men and he helps her get her memories back. And, um, but it's like, she's basically, it's almost like watching a TV. It's almost like if you lost your memories and you watch a TV of your, you watch a videotape of your, all your memories, like you have that knowledge, but you didn't live them. You didn't experience it. So it was like, it's kind of the disconnect there. Um, but one of my favorite things is, the Avengers show up because they're like, oh, Carol's back. She's safe. And oh, we're so glad. We're so glad she's okay. 
And what you get is you get Carol reading the Avengers for filth because they're like, she's like, you guys let me go back. Basically, you let me go back with my rapist. I didn't, you, you, I didn't have a choice and, and you didn't do anything to stop it. You encouraged it. You know, you guys, let me see if I can find this. Um, uh, um, yeah, I didn't love Marcus. I never loved Marcus. Don't any of you, don't any of you realize what happened months ago, what Marcus did to me? Guys, maybe our visit was a mistake. Hold on. I was there, lady. You told us that this, this is Hawkeye. Because, again, Hawkeye is a creep. Like, if we ever do a Hawkeye character corner, oh, boy. Get a MAGA hat, yo. <laughs> I was there, lady. You told us that you cared for Marcus. You left with him on your own free will. I left because I had no choice. Marcus gave me none. He was a sad, sadistic creature possessing the abilities of a god, the body of a man, and the emotional maturity of a child. In limbo, his every wish was granted he saw me, desired me. He used me as a means to escape from the limbo to earth. And when that plan failed, he took me back with him. You saw it happen, Hawkeye, you Iron Man and Thor. You heard his story. Marcus said that the Immortus machine, the Immortus device could bend me to his will, but he didn't want me to, that way. He set out to win my love. And finally, he told you with a subtle boost from Immortus machines, he succeeded. You know? I mean, yo, that's what happened. You know, there I was pregnant by an unknown source running through a nine month term, literally overnight, confused, terrified, shaken to the core of my being as a hero, a person, a woman. I turned to you for help and I, on, and I got jokes. The wasp thought it was great. The beast offered to play teddy bear. Your concerns were the baby, not for how it came to be, nor the cost of, to me of that conception. You took everything Marcus said at face value. You didn't, you didn't question you didn't doubt. You simply let me go with a smile and a wave and a bouncy boy voyage. That was your mistake for which I paid the price. My mistake was trusting you. After the trauma so, like mine, yeah, right. It was like he, I get it. When I tell you, she read them for filth. Um, after a trauma, you can like, tell by the way, like, when you read this, this is Claremont yelling at editorial. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, no, this is this is this is this is Claremont yelling through Carol at everybody else. You know. After a trauma like mine, it's easy to wallow in bitterness and self-pity, but, but, but both grief and guilt have to be faced, dealt with, and exor- exercised. There's, uh, there's, there's more. There has to be more uh, to, to hear than simply, uh, uh, than simply defeating the villains. You have, to, you have a role, a purpose far greater than yourselves. You have to set examples, lead the way. You represent what we should be. This is definitely Claremont talking to the editorial staff. Yeah. Uh, lead the way. You represent what we should be, what we dream of becoming, not what we are. You screwed up, Avengers. That's human. What is also human is the ability to learn from those mistakes to grow, to mature. If you do that, even a little, then perhaps what I went through will have a positive meaning. It's your choice. So, and that's basically uh, Carol telling, telling the Avengers to kick fucking rocks. That is Chris Claremont saying do better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, from there, uh, like you said, Carol is basically, this is how you get Carol Danvers being a lot with the X-Men at this time. Yeah. <laughs> because Close Claremont was basically like, you guys, you, you, Can't be trusted. you cannot be trusted with what should be, you know, a feminist icon, what should be somebody who was a feminist icon, who was, you know, a, 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 you know, a beacon, and you guys literally destroyed her. 
And so what's seen as, if you look at Avengers t- Annual 10 and her having her memories and powers taken by Roe, by this, uh, you know, this creature is Roe, because again, um, Mystique is also, we need to bring this up, but Mystique is also a, a villain of, uh, of, of Miss yeah, Marvel. She kills, she kills her boyfriend in the first series. Yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah. Mystique kills her boyfriend in that first series. And Mystique's uh, first appearance, I believe, is uh, Miss Marvel 17. So right. while she is a mutant and thing like that, she was actually a Miss um, Marvel mutant. So, and I, I, I think at some point, even, and it might not be here, but I think maybe it's when she becomes binary. At some point, even the, the, the X and basically call her a mutant. Like it, it gets to a point where, for all intents and purposes, uh, after Avengers Annual uh, 10, Carol Danvers basically becomes a, an honorary mutant. Yeah, she's definitely an X Man. <laughs> she's definitely an X Man, right? It's, it's, um, and it's, um, yeah, it's, um, I, I'm glad Claremont grabbed grabbed Carol when when he did, because it needed to happen. Because oh yeah, f- fuck what they did to her before. Um, so uh, in Uncanny X Men. It's uh, 162 or 163. Uh, the X Men are kidnapped by the Brood, and you've seen, you've seen, you've probably seen. If you've read any of the Claremont X Men, you know about the X Men, the Brood. But in in once the the Brood also take Carol, who at this time again doesn't have her power, so she's just considered just human. But the Brood are doing experiments on her, and they find out that she actually has a weird physiology. She's not just human because again, she's still got you know something inside of her is still there, even though. Uh, Rogue's powers don't completely take all a person's powers all away. It worked overly on on on. She held on too long with Carol. Yeah, she held on too long with Carol, but that doesn't mean that Carol doesn't have any power left in him. So the experimentation that the Brood are doing on Carol, Carol ends up bringing out, uh, mutating her a little bit, and she becomes binary. Um, which uh, let's see if I can go through her binary powers, which were uh. All right, binary powers. Uh, this is when she was. Uh, she could connect her energy to a white hole, and not had, great. huh? For bad, bad guys. You say what now? Not great for bad guys. No, 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 no. Uh, she basically has full control over all stellar energies. Like she basically had the power of a star. Not great. Not great. If you're a bad guy. Yeah, if you're a good guy. You're pretty happy. You so, got a you got a real power uh, power powder keg on your side. So, so what you, what you, what, what Claremont does here is he takes Carol back and then basically makes her once again, because even, well, actually, I mean, say once again, because even before then, just as Miss Marvel, she wasn't probably top power levels. Uh, but once she hits, like this, no. once she hits binary, now you're getting into, okay, we've now tapped into, you know, super, super, um, super power levels. Right. And she's, she's, um, yeah. Um, let's see. Um, I don't have the issues where she was with the star jammers. Cause that's actually, cause she, she has her binary powers for a while and goes by binary for a while. Um, at some point she does get, uh, she loses that connection to the white hole. And so, uh, she has to, this is where you kind of get the more current um, Carol Danvers power power set, the Ms. Marvel power, power set, which is she doesn't have the full binary b- binary power set, but she can um, 
she's basically she's still absorbing manipulating energy just on a smaller scale. Yeah, she can manipulate energy, but she's also an energy absorber. So right. she can in- absorb energy and then project it. Uh, and if she absorb- absorbs enough energy, that's where she can tap into that binary power set. So when you were hearing some of us talk when we saw the first Mar- Miss Marvel, uh, Captain Marvel trailer, and we were seeing her power up, we were like, she went binary. This is we're talking about. She can absorb enough energy to go binary, which is again a really bad, a really bad thing for. It's anybody. a bad day in the office if, if, if you see that happening. <laughs> right. If you're, if you're on a the- bad guy and you're like, oh, yo, she's glowing. Like that's a really long day for you. Right. So, so now you have, and and, and this final form of of Carol is basically the Carol we're going to see in the movie, thing like that, which is the uh, ability of ability to fly. Uh, she still has, I don't know if the movie has it, but she'll have that seventh sense cosmic awareness, watered down cosmic awareness that doesn't make you go crazy. But also basically she's an energy absorber and projector and can go binary. Now, go back to bringing in Monica Rambeau real quick. So now, if you imagine that you have Carol Danvers, who's an energy absorber, and you have Monica Rambeau, who can turn into pure energy, Kelly Sue DeConnick at one point asked, what happens if you combine the two of them and Carol actually absorbs Monica, who is pure energy? And let me just tell you, again, it is a really bad day in the office if you're a bad guy. These are two really powerful women. All right. They are scary powerful. Scary powerful. It is ridiculous. So just throwing it out there. Um, Trying to think if there's anything before we get into... Uh, the Warbird um, alias she went with. And it's the, so weird, though. With Warbird, I don't know. None of them bug me except for that one. Well, I, I think the thing that gets me with Warbird is... I, I don't... I'm, well, here's the thing. So, again, because we talk about the rape of Miss, uh, the rape of Miss Marvel, and Marvel's never going to, even if they fix things like Chris Claremont did, they're never going to completely let things go. These things happen, and I think it's important that these things happen because they're mistakes, but they also inform your character. So, when Carol becomes Warbird, which happened in the third volume of Avengers in 2001, uh, she rejoins the Avengers in, in issue four. Um, but the problem is, she's kind of developed an alcohol problem. And... Um, during the storyline, Live, Live, Cree, or Die, which covers Iron Man Volume 3, Number 7, Captain America Volume 3, Number 8, Quicksilver Number 10, and Avengers Volume 3, Number 7, um, Carol is, and, and I don't, I, I think it's, I, I don't think they do a good job of handling this run. I think in the, pre, in, in, in the, the Brian Reese stuff, they, they kind of address some of the stuff. Carol still coming to terms with everything she's had to go through. And so what you get here is a combination of her alcoholism um, and also her trying to prove to not just the rest of Avengers, but I think particularly Captain America, that she belongs and that she's a hero. Um, and um, it does not go well. And, she's, and she ends up getting deactivated because... Um, at one point, she's super drunk and decides to try to fight and uh, almost, almost kills a. Uh, it's really jump. bad. Yeah, it's really, really bad. Like it spirals out of control. And well, this is also the idea that this is also after she had lost those those those, those, those significant amount of her power in binary, and so she's basically what's happened is Carol has she she had lost her memories when she had gotten attacked by um, 
Roe. Before then, she had basically lost her, or you know, control of her own body in, in her own autonomy because of of what happened with Mark and the way the Avengers treated her. When she lost the connection to the white the the white hole and her binary powers like that, she kind of said she lost she lost the stars. So this is kind of Carol at her rock, rock bottom. Which kind of sounds her lowest, bad. yeah. It, it sounds bad because of the, the Mark thing, but it's like this is her at her bottom because she's kind of she g- gained it with the binary tip where she now basically flying among the stars. Now she can't do that anymore, and so she's kind of trying to find out who she is and where she belongs. And um, yeah, I mean, eventually she she bounces back and she kind of joins the Avengers back again and, and helps out. Um, but I'm not too much of a fan of the Avengers Volume Three stuff. I mean, it's okay. Um, it's fine. It's she's Warbird. It's you get to revisit. I think that. Um... Oh, who was writing at the time? Uh, was it was post business? Camera who's writing, but they kind of address her Marcus thing with the Kang Dynasty crossover. Yeah, they do that. They do it again there, so it's not that bad. The Kang Dynasty killing Marcus, mm-hmm. the forty one killing. Excuse me, and she goes to full court martial, and they find her justified in killing an act of war, and the Avengers break up. Yep, and is at this moment when I stop the podcast, I remind everyone that if you're excited for this movie. You owe a large measure of thank you to Brian Michael Bendis. Because when he did House of M, one of the changes he made was in this new reality, Carol was Captain Marvel, and she was the most popular hero on the planet. Because when House of M was formed, it pulled on the subconscious desires of everyone who was present when it happened. Her desires lived to her potential. She wanted to be accepted. Yep. From that 2005 miniseries on, this is what's powered this character, at least motivationally originally. Obviously, that changes. We get to coach the Deconics run and the other things we learn about our past. But right now, and if, you're, if you were a comic reader in 2005, you read House of M, you're like, wow, they make Carol pretty kick ass. Then the next book, when they come out, she's like, I've got something to live up to. So I, I so I, I got to be honest. The, my first time, and this is my first time reading the Brian Reed stuff, the Miss mm. Marvel year stuff. Um, and I gotta say, it's a fifty issue run. It's pretty fucking good. I enjoyed the shit. Isn't it Brian Reed and Frank Cho? Yeah, yeah. I man, I, dude. I I I think I think Frank Cho is the, the artist. I can't yeah, remember. he does the covers at least at the beginning. But like, yo, Brian Reed wrote his ass. He wrote a he wrote a hell of a fucking story. He took Yo, this is Carol. People are like, oh, what the, this is where you start reading Carol, right here. Yeah. If you if you wanna if you wanna know where you pick up to read Carol, start with the House of Emsa. Because it starts basically with her standing there on the balcony and and looking in and as as House of M goes from House of M to the re- current reality, going, I she remembers. She remembered going from being the most popular superhero in the world to people not even knowing who she was. At one point she goes and saves some kids and they were like, oh, who the fuck are you again? And so she goes out and get a publicist. She tries to do this whole trying to, you know, come back. And it's it's a really, really great run because it's it's basically it's Carol trying to find herself and find her place in the world, but it doesn't feel it it, it feels like it, it feels like finally somebody's doing, you know, like like Claremont did, which is get bringing the character back to what their potential is. It felt like that. Cause like the 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 that 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 stuff that in Avenger where she gets to, she becomes alcoholic and things like that. Like again, it's not bad. It's fine. I get the story, but again, when you think about where where Carol came from, 
you're like, really? Do we have to put this to this again? Like now she's an alcoholic. Right. Like I get it, but do we really have to do it? Here is Carol actually getting her shit back together, and you realizing that Carol is a fucking hero, and she doesn't have to prove it to anybody. She shouldn't have to, you know. And I really, really enjoy this stuff. You, you, and you kind of touch on all the it kind of touches on all the stuff that, that happened before. It, you deal with um, her doing um, the brood and the, the creed and, the and all it's stuff. all the, the highlights of what got made Carol Carol to this point. Yeah, it's all there. And um, like I said, it's it's fifty issues. I I, I you can they're all in there. They all have um, it's called like the Miss Marvel years. Yeah. Carol Danvers, the Miss Marvel years are the, the trades for it. Uh, pick that shit up. It's, it's, it's three volumes. Again, uh, it's, it's them fulfilling the promise of what she was going to be in 77. She was going to be the feminist icon and Marvel's leading heroine. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is them fulfilling the promise, man. Right. And uh, for everyone who says, oh, I don't like Bendis, you sure like the shit he's done. No, listen. Mm. To me, you know what it is? It, 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 Bendis and John, yo. Even if, even if they go off the rail, and I, I think Bendis goes off the rails less than John's does. Um, Preach. The, the world they create. The intent behind and, what they do is so real. And, and, and they, they, they provide a toy box for other writers to come mm-hmm. into. Cause like I said, Brian Reed steps in into, the, into, into this, 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 play, this, this setup that, um, that, that Bendis gave him. And wrote a hell of fifty issues. Um, issue, and, and I love how they do it too, right? Because at one point, so in 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 the house of Emmett thing, at one point she's fighting a worn traveler, and so if you ever wonder this whole thing behind the the, the cat, right? In the mo- movies, they're calling the cat Goose. In the book, the cat is called Chewy. So I was thinking to myself too. I was like, where did the cat come from, right? It is. I want to say this is the longest, well, not the longest, but it, it, it is a running joke in Marvel. It has to be. Like, she's fighting in, in the House of M uh, dimension, if you will. She's fighting Warren Traveler, and at one point, I think, they, she either, I think they fall into a pet store or something like that, and she throws a cat at Warren Traveler. <clears throat> Nothing, like, just, it happens, right? So, you're, you know, House of M is over, you come in, and you're, 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 you're going through these first five issues of Miss Marvel and all of a sudden, you know, Warren Travel because he had jumped when, when he was in the house of M and somehow he, that took him out of sync when the, when everything changed back. So when he shows up, he shows up with the goddamn cat. <laughs> and now all of a sudden from this moment on, Chewie exists in the Marvel universe with, with Carol Danvers and she doesn't go anywhere without the fucking cat. And, I find that just hilarious. Like, what are we doing, folks? This is it's perfect. It's it's just it's so good. I love this. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, this run also takes place. Uh, Brian Reed also uh, the Brian Reed run also takes place during Civil War, and uh, Moonstone. Hmm. Moonstone takes over. I, oh, I mean, I'm sorry. After Secret War. Right, well, I'm not. I'm, I'm talking about uh, Civil War, the first Civil oh, War. Oh, Civil War. So I'm thinking. Yeah. About, I got. I think that's a secret invasion. Yeah, Civil War. Yeah, Civil War. So what might shock some people is like Carol size was Iron Man and registered with the Superhero Registration Act, and you're thinking, well, why would she do that? Because I mean, you know, think about it. You know, she kind of looks at the Captain America. Why would she? Look? And it kind of makes sense to me when I think about it because one, 
uh, uh, Iron Man is is our sponsor, a sponsor. And during the annual, the Miss Marvel annual number one, you get this bit with her. It, it kind of takes place during Civil War as well. And she's like, well, actually after Civil War, and she's like trying to arrest Spider-Man because Spider-Man is an unlicensed superhero at the time. And she's talking to him and she's basically saying it's like, it's about taking responsibility for your actions. And I'm like, oh, wait, that's a, that's an AA thing. So her kind of siding and doing the right thing with the Superhero Registration Act, she's doing it because she believes that you, a superhero, she's a superhero. She has to take responsibility. She can't well, break the law. And, she's also Air Force. And she's, yeah, she's also Air Force. She's a soldier. She's a soldier. Um, and so, it, 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 but like what I love about it is, during, at least during the tie-in issues they do with this, I think there's only two tie-in issues during her run here. But there's a whole story here where uh, at one point she's uh, uh, Julia uh, Carpenter takes Julia Carpenter away from her uh, Spider the Spider Woman at the time takes her away from her daughter, and this is a this is a thing that kind of uh, fucks with Carol of what is the right thing, and so right. like I was very very shocked by this by Reed's run and about just how personal and how really deep into understanding who Carol was how that run is it is a um, honestly it's a it's an absolutely fantastic run it's it's always interesting to me because we talk about the, these big runs these big events but it almost almost feels like the events around those bigger events the books that have like uh secret or civil war 2 was okay but the she hulk series that came out of it was awesome right like the, the books surrounding these big events about the principles show so much growth immediately thereafter that i think they get lost in the shelf of people who decry the big events Absolutely, absolutely. Um, in this run, she ends up fighting a Carol Danvers from another universe. Who basically, yep. it, it's like it reminds me of that movie, The One, where this Carol, the other Carol Danvers, is, is the war is, is, is called it uses the Warbird a, a persona, and she basically goes to other dimensions to hunt down and kill rogues, like not rogues, like rogue, like X Men rogue, because that yeah. X, that rogue hurt her and hurt Carol. And so she goes to these other units, and she's like, she ends up revealing that she also ends up having to kill, usually ends up having to kill the Carol Danvers of that, that universe too, because uh, she's like, every, one I go, every dimension I go to, I find out that this Carol is either, has either forgiven Rogue, some of their even best friends, their acquaintances, she's always kind of moved on from it, and she hasn't hunted down, so I have to end up killing her myself. Um, and it's an interesting thing, because at one point also, like, in this, like, Carol also uh, ends up hurting Rogue herself too, a little bit in a moment because you can see there is some kind of she does she does have some kind of unresolved issues with rogue inside of her a little bit there right and it's just like this the the, the brian reed run i i cannot sing the praises of enough it really hits on everything that happened before and it, it gives you perspective into carol carol ends up becoming um a uh, leader of the lightning storm team which basically uh, as like a strike force in the Avengers, she's leading it's basically her squad. Yeah, it's, it's her squad, her basically super secret squad with her own mini helicarrier. Uh, I think she leads she because well, um well, Iron Man wanted her to lead the Avengers. I think she actually does lead the Avengers also. As well, she, she leads the Mighty Avengers after uh, Mighty Civil Avengers. War. Yeah, right. So it's just like you know she gets Yo, she gets back into she gets back into there into thing. That Mighty Avengers runs a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. It's a lot. A lot of fun. Like, like there's a Scythian invasion. There's female Ultron. It's a, it's very off the wall and kind of like oh we're playing in a space that's going to be gone in a few months. Let's have some fun. Hercules is on the team, so he's just he's a drunken idiot, and it's a lot of fun. And Wonder Man's there. I think he and Carol are still dating at the time, so it's yep. 
uh, Janet's on the team. It's, I, I really enjoy that Night of the Avengers run. Sorry, I just no, no, like no. I had to mention. No, no, it, it's great. Like there's some, there's a lot of good Miss Marvel stuff here. So when you hear people say, "Oh, I don't like Carol Danvers," like, what? No, when? Because like Carol becomes very, really popular, and then becomes showing up in all these these different things. She's all over the. She's you know what it is? She's back to where she used to be. She's all over the place. Carol Danvers is everywhere. She's in every book. She plays a big role in. Uh, she, she plays a role in um, uh, uh, Secret Invasion. She's there. Like there, there's uh, because at, at this point, uh, Cap is dead. So you need you know somebody else there with some kind of leadership qualities, and that's Carol Danvers there. So um, let me see here. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I guess we can kind of jump into Kelly Sue DeConnick's run now, right? Higher, faster, further, more. My actually, goodness. Well, actually, that's the second one. So the first one is Pursuit of Flight. Oh, no, I'm just saying. I'm just, oh, I'm yeah. just saying the, uh, oh, yeah. the, the the catchphrase. For the oh series. yeah, yeah. No, no, it was great. It's like Kelly Sue DeConnick is when Ka- Carol becomes Captain Marvel, 2012. And uh, we just did a, a combo book club into the, into these the first four volumes of this, so I won't rehash too much of it. But um, this is this is where you really you get the new you get the new uniform form. Which mm-hmm. I brought this up, like people going after Kelly Sue DeConnick about the uniform are ridiculous because. Daniel um, McKelvey is the one that came up with it. It's his design, and it's um, beautiful. It's basically a, it's it's basically an updated version of of Captain Marvel's. It's not that like I don't wonder. It's like a combination of Captain Marvel's and Miss Marvel's earlier costumes because it has a star on it. I'm like, hey, look, I, I know, I know you're trying to be like very like fair to these people. Don't be fair to them. You know why they're acting. Well, no, I know, I, I know, I know. I, I said this okay. on the thing. Like, I know why they're being this way. I'm just, I just want to point out just how fucking ridiculous it is because it's fucking awesome. And not to mention, it's like again, Air Force. She's in the Air Force. Of course, she would use a uniform like this. That makes more sense than her walking around in a fucking leotard. What's wrong with you people? I'm sorry, it's just bad. Um, and so, uh, so, so Kelly Sue's the first run is just volumes one and volume two, which, uh, again, we talk about this in the comic book club. We become a premium reading here. Let's talk about it there. I won't go too much into it, but it's the first volume is basically her grounded. Uh, and, and, and again, just making sure Carol finds out who she is. And now she, she's, she's become comfortable with her power. She's become comfortable being Miss Marvel. But now she's becoming Captain Marvel under the encouragement of Captain America. It tells her, it's like, yo, take the name. You should do it. You should be Captain, you should be Captain Marvel. You should do it. We believe in you. Take it. And um, she eventually does. And the, the um, two volumes. And then there's also the uh, Avengers, the enemy within, which it brings back uh, Jan Rog with basically has Carol making the choice to sacrifice uh, her own memories uh, to stop Jan Rog. Um, and uh, they bring her memories back the cutest way. Uh, like her <laughs> kit, the little girl kit helps her uh, be Captain Marvel. It's, it's an adorable series. Go read that shit. It's, it's great. Um, and then we get the uh, Builder's War and Time Runs Out. Where she plays uh, a role in there. Um, she's, she's essentially in this war I know we've covered it a lot because you and I are Hickman nerds. Right, which is why I kind of I kind of jumped through this, but yeah, go. No, no, you got to jump through it. It's a lot, but I just want to say, like, yeah, like Bendis put her, Bendis brought her back, and DeConnick elevated her. Hickman showed that she's a she's a heavy hitter. Yeah, she's like she she's up there with Thor and Hyperion leading the charge in these in this war against the builders, and it's 
really something like, especially as I was rereading a lot of this, it's just cool to see. It's one of those things, it's like, you know, Carol versus an Armada, my money is on Carol. You know, it's, yeah. it's, 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 he's it's like, fuck him up, Carol. Right, it's like, is that all you guys got? You guys don't have a Celestial or something like that? Like, well, there's a, line, there's a line in the beginning of Sully Cube, Kelly Sue the Comics Run, when she's doing the time loop part, where she says, go back, send your, go find your best pilots, get your best ships, and send them here as many as you can. And when we beat them, I want you to know there was no other way it could have gone. <laughs> and I was like, fuck them up, Carol. Like, it's, she is a, she is, she's Captain America's superpowers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she's. She's. The, I don't like bullies. Try me if you want to. Yeah. Except she's a lot cockier than Cat because she's more. She's not from the 1940s. Right, 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 right. She talks that shit, and the Mohawk, the Mohawk helmet is the best thing that's ever happened in comic costumes ever. I'm sorry, I like the Mohawk, yo. Who doesn't like the Mohawk? <laughs> Come on, yo. Trey was bastard. It's like Mohawk. That's not fun. Right. I mean, I don't like. What do we? Yeah, of course. Um. During Secret Wars, uh, when we do the whole Battle War stuff, she, uh, you have Captain Marvel and the Carol Corps. Um, uh, so you have that. She uh, uh, Again, just go back and read all. I, at some point, we have to go back and read all of Secret Wars because it's just, why not? It's fun. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. God, yes. When you come back out of uh, Secret Wars and you come back with the all-new, all-different Marvel um, that's when you get uh, buh, 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 buh. ultimate. Uh, well, actually, not is it is it ultimate? No, we we get the the other part of Kelly Sue's run where she's um. That's when you get higher well, path for the. Fa- yeah, that's I, we get the two. But I was just saying because in the ultimates is where she starts investigating like what's changed, how the universe has actually changed. Yes, because she's also gotten um uh she's become Alpha Flight Commander. Right. The uh because um. They're also trying to establish uh, a uh, Avengers present in space. So, uh, so in the in the in the other Kelsey run, she's also in space and she joins the Guardians of the Galaxy for a little bit of stuff. With the Ultimates, again, we kind of mentioned with Monica, like she again power levels. That Ultimates team was scary. Well, it's also that she is the the bridge between these ridiculous power levels and the superheroes on Earth. Yes, she is. When we come out of Secret Wars, Carol is. In the place that she wanted to be at House of M. She's one of the premier heroes of Earth. She is the liaison between the military and the heroes. She's the liaison between Earth and space. She is, her hands are in a lot of, like, it's, it was so funny to, to read all this and like, sit back, like, wow, she's in a lot of books, Pro Secret Wars. Yeah. All she's over the all place. over the place. All over the place. And part of it's, yeah, there's a movie coming out, no shit. But also, it's like, hey, this character who we designed to do this is finally being given the chance to do this. Um, so part of the thing that happens in Ultimates is at some point, I believe, isn't it Galactus who gives her a little bit of taste of seeing a little bit? And I, I think they don't make the, the connection, but I think because of her seventh sense slash cosmic awareness stuff, whatever uh, Galactus does to her, kind of gives her a glimpse of what well she starts having the dreams again right the dreams again of, of what's what's coming mm-hmm. of, of of not driving her genius uh crazy but like it kind of motivates her and this is where you get the whole thing with civil war 2 now i've seen some people say the civil war 2 wasn't necessary we didn't need it blah blah, blah. i still say the civil war 2 is better than civil war 1 
That doesn't make it necessary. It doesn't make it necessary. I'm just saying, I think, it's, it, I think it was better. Um, and that's what drives her to kind of use that inhuman, I can't remember the, the inhuman's name, uh, to kind of predict, uh, basically, you know, it basically turns into a minority report where she's trying to predict future crimes. Um, and Carol goes a little overboard, almost kills Iron Man. It's a little bit overboard. A little bit. It made Carol super unlikable, and I get why they did it. And I, I think that when you add in the trauma that her last few years in her story had been, it makes sense. I remember at this point because uh, we I forgot to mention this during Kelly Sue's first run, her and and Rhodey start dating, and remember that Rhodey gets killed by Thanos in that Ultimate run too. Right, that's so, how it starts. Right. So, and so they do a good job of making you understand why Carol's being so loud and wrong. But she's being loud and wrong. Yes. And that also then ties into the Secret Empire because Evil Cap comes in and starts kind of using that against her. He can't not. All right. So Carol's uh, trying to build that uh, the shield around the world and, and end up getting trapped outside of it during uh, Secret Empire because, again, you and, and basically. So, again, showing you how showing you how powerful Carol is without showing you how powerful she is. What is it? Is uh, it, what she's? It's it is. What's the swarm? She she fights. She's basically hoping to fight off while they're trapped outside. It's not, the it's, annihilation it's, wave. It's an annihilation wave. Yeah. So you have Carol trapped outside of Earth, outside of this um this, this shield, outside of Earth with a handful of other powerful uh heroes. But Carol's out here with other some other powerful heroes fighting off an annihilation wave. Again, she's ridiculously powered, guys. <laughs> it's. Oh yeah. And and I think that's one of the things that people can go into the movie in a couple of weeks knowing that, that you're about to watch someone who's incredibly powerful, but someone who has a lot of memory issues. Like remember, she loses her memories to uh to Rogue, loses them again to Jan Rog in this in volume two. Like there's a lot of places where I think they're gonna I think based on the marketing they're gonna play with this too, where the question of who am I is a big thing for Carol Danvers. Absolutely. But Absolutely. the answer always ends up hero, which mm-hmm. is interesting to me. Yep. Always. Um, again, there, there's some current, uh, Carol Darren stuff. The, the biggest thing I want to point out is, uh, Margaret Stoll and her, uh, the evolving Carol origins. The latest thing is that, uh, her mother's Cree. Which is, again, I think this is one of those things where something's been changed in the MCU and they're trying to bring it in line in the current continuity. So we'll see what happens, right. uh, come the beginning of March, March 8th, I believe. Yeah. So basically the second Microtron didn't, uh, didn't like grant her wish to have Captain Marvel's power. It just kind of awakened Kree powers inside of her. Um, and again, it's, again, it's something you can, you can, you can, you can change these kind of things because they're not really, it, it, it doesn't invalidate anything that came before. Exactly. It's something easy to do. So, um, it augments it, if anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I think that basically covers a lot of the stuff. Again, some of the stuff that we, we as old, we kind of skip over some of the newer stuff. Cause again, you can just go and read that on, um, uh, uh, Marvel Unlimited. We'll, I'll make sure we put the links to all of this stuff in there and, and the times and stuff like that. Um, oh, also uh, in that second, uh, the, the after uh, Secret Wars, uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick run, uh, turns out Chewie is a Flurkin. And you can find out all about what that is because um, it's not a cat. On March 8th, probably. Yes. yes. Not a cat. Not a cat. Not a cat. Can't trust that enough. Not, not a cat. Not a cat. I, and not now, cat. you know what? Now I actually want to. I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of hoping we do get the rocket. So I don't know if you listened to Between Two Palms, shameless plug, but during um, 
one of these movies, Nick Fury says, last time I trusted someone, I lost an eye. Could he have trusted a cat? <laughs> Could it have cost him an eye? We'll see you March 8th. Like I said, I'm 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 actually kinda of wanna get the rocket ra- the rocket raccoon and 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 I want Rocket Raccoon to meet Goose and see what I happens. want Rocket Raccoon okay, if we're if we're doing quick wishes, I want Rocket Raccoon to say his actual catchphrase on television on a movie theater from a Disney movie. For those who don't know, Rocket Raccoon's actual catchphrase is blam murdered you. Blam <laughs> murdered you. My fingers are crossed. Oh man. Oh goodness gracious. Um so you guys have it. That is our two-parter on uh, Captain Marvel there. We ended with the two most powerful women characters probably in comics. So, um, yeah, check them out. Check this out. Uh, thank you guys again very much for, for listening to us and sticking with us with this whole thing. Um, we will be back probably in two or three weeks. Uh, how many? We're, we're doing Shazam next. How many? You think we can do it in one? Or you think it's going to take two? I can do Shazam in one. We can do we can do one. All right, so we got we got Shazam next. We're going to do that in one, and then after the Shazam, we got Iron Man, uh, and then uh, I'll figure out what's after that. And then in June, I think we're doing LGBTQ character. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah, I think that's um, we like mini fun. portraits of a bunch of them. Yeah, exactly, and, and I think that'd be really good to do. So uh, we'll be checking that out soon. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Again, make sure you guys subscribe, Character Corner. You can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Spotify. Oh, other thing, too, is uh, if you, you know, we were just talking about the Captain Marvel movie, we know after that, we got Avengers Endgame. So if you're... Do we? You know, yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm yeah, very well, kidding. Yeah, of course. You know, I mean, motherfucker, come on. Don't, you, you got me scared for a minute there. Um, so listen, um, uh, we can do... If you're on the West Coast, we're going to do a uh, screener in L.A., for Avengers Endgame on the 27th. And if you're on the East Coast here in D.C., we got one on the 27th. Stay tuned. I think we're going to put tickets out on sale on March 15th for both of those. So, but we're letting everybody know right now, they'll both probably be having around noon on those days. So if you're trying to get in on those, mark your calendars now, save your money, and uh, do know the last time the tickets went on sale, they sold out really, really fucking fast. So, yeah, mark your calendars and be prepared. So. Again, folks, I thank you guys very much for listening. If you guys want to hear more about Carol Danvers, we are doing the Kelsey DeConnick and some of these other runs in more detail on the Comic Book Club. So subscribe to Premium. Go to mtrnetwork.net and go to the Premium tab and sign up for Premium there. Again, folks, thank you guys very much for listening, and we will be back soon. Peace. Peace.